Welcome to this new episode of the All New 52 Podcast. I am Joe, this is Caleb. We like comics and talking about them and returning to comics and having more opinions on them. I was about to say different opinions, but it's usually the same. Should we do... We're talking about Invincible. I was I was getting there. Should we do a previously on our Invincible take? Previously on Invincible. Bad art. Why? Four issues, only four, because that's all they, they collected. Bad art. Why is this the greatest comic ever made? Bad art. I, I like Kirkman. I hope this gets better. Welcome back. <laughs> so yes, Invincible by Robert Kirkman. With art by Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Yes. <laughs> that sounded like a question. Question is, hmm. No. So, Invincible, you've probably heard about it. It has a very successful TV show. You've probably watched our other episode about it. And if you haven't, definitely go watch this before this one. Well, they need to after we did such a perfect re, uh, re-recording of it. <laughs> so, we uh, are returning to Invincible. We read issues 5 through 13 which is, uh, this is the omnibus behind me. This is 47 issues. It's more like 50 issues. Issues 5 through 13 make up the next two trades and what I consider a much better intro to the story. Yeah. Um, I think you could have gotten away with the first five for a paperback trade. That would have made a lot of sense because paperback trades are never 13 issues. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But just... I, yeah. In terms of the overall getting you into the story. I just think, man, how much better would that trade have been even with just one more issue? Yeah, it definitely would have. Go shoot for the six, man. Well, I mean, write for whoever tells the best story, but then retrospectively, you can collect it a little bit. Oh, yes, that's what I... This is not the trade 52. This is the all new 52. <laughs> <laughs> Let's this talk about the, the book. This is the synopsis 252. Invincible follows Mark Grayson. He is invincible both with his power set and his name this is kind of continuing on of him getting the ropes of being a hero and also uncovering some mysteries about his father yes um as well as having a girlfriend who we never see and visiting colleges and stuff like that that does happen in this i there's some there's some high school stuff yeah he it's it's like a it's like spider-man people think he's in high school for a lot longer than he actually is yeah he's very quickly out uh shall, shall we go in depth into the spoiler thing because this is the I, everybody knows at this I, point right do we not want to talk about art first or i mean synopsis story oh yes this new format still confuses me yeah uh nolan aka uh omni-man who is basically superman but with a mustache kills all the justice league the guardians of the globe guardians of the globe yes you get a issue of introducing each of them and at the end of each of their little segments they get called back to their base and when they're there he tears through them um and absolutely demolishes them a little bit later um invincible sees him uh killing one of the people who came back from the dead we don't have to get into the specifics i guess but and he's like oh wait What's up with you? And he goes, okay, so, you know, you remember my origin story I told you? It's a little different. Uh, I've been lying to you and your mother for your entire lives. So, and he's like, I've been sent here by a conquering alien force to just kind of, you know, monitor the humans, make sure they don't get too strong. And I can basically do whatever I want for a while. And then they're going to come and conquer you. It's to prep them for 
conquering. Yes. He he is there to level the field if need be and make it so that they are an easily conquerable world. But he also talks about like it's a reward for his like good conquering work. So I assume that like he can do if he, he any idea he has, he can do to Earth in like the 500 years he has it to himself. Yes. So. Yes. And then a uh, very brutal fight between Omni-Man and Invincible. Invincible loses <laughs> pretty hard. Badly, yes. Pretty really, really hard. Um, but Omni-Man can't bring himself to kill his son. He is the one person he feels like he has a good link with on the Earth due the, to the Viltrumite DNA. The one person who could outlive him. Everyone yeah. else on Earth will die long before it because they slow uh, their aging. So Omni-Man leaves Earth and... The last issue is a kind of just wrap up of checking with everybody. Now that the world has a new outlook on everything, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Although people are still confused about what's going on, I think. Oh, yeah. There's but still a lot of questions. The key the players. Yes. And Invincible gets support from the government now. Yes. Um. He's working with this guy named Clyde, I think was his name. No, and Cecil. 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 New began with a C. Um, and he's kind of like their Nick Fury, except he doesn't look as cool as Nick Fury. <laughs> he looks like a normal dude. He's got a gnarly scar on his cheek. Yeah, he looks like a normal dude with a gnarly scar. So that's Invincible. The, the Omni-Man arc, I guess, is a good name for it. So going into the art, a new artist takes over around issue eight, I believe. Brian yeah. Otley, he uh, drew Invincible for the majority of the run after he took over for Cory Walker. And then Cory Walker came back for the end. Yeah. So I did some research on Invincible. And this was at a time when um, the editors of Invincible were wanting more superhero books. And so this was started with a line of superhero books. And... All those books, for various reasons, whether they were good or not, just couldn't find a place in the market. Makes sense, because superheroes are kind of dominated by the big two. However, Robert Kirkman was kind of hungry enough that he kept pushing, and he kind of forced this to last long enough that people started getting interested, which I imagine is probably around the Omni-Man stuff. Um, Corey Walker couldn't keep up the pace. He didn't like drawing monthly, and so to get the book out... <laughs> more that bad of art and he couldn't keep up with the pace yes they switch over to ryan otley and so when you go back what threw me off is there's kind of a jab at one of the conventions that uh walker does a lot um in this once uh otley takes over and i thought i was kind of wondering was there drama between kirkman and walker but no because walker does come back at the end and whenever he, he kirkman... continues to do covers and he'll do uh like He'll guest in certain issues yeah. too. And whenever Kirkman talks about this in interviews, he talks about very much like is his and Walker's vision. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a very awkward transition, I think because of that joke and because of how that joke much made me so the angry. art improves. Should we explain it? Yes. I, it was going to be in my negatives, but I feel like this is going to be a, little bit of a of a meld between the positives and negatives we'll be kind of flipping back and forth there is a panel where mark goes to um get a an autograph from one of his favorite comic book artists yeah while he's there 
I forget how it gets brought up, but he talks about how uh, Mark thinks it's Mark thinks it's lazy to like redraw the same panels for if like he's like getting an expression or something for a gag. Which, to be fair, whether or not it's lazy or not, it's a bad move. Yes. Whenever, whenever either Walker or Otley do this in this, I groan. Yeah. Terrible waste of page of a page. And it's usually a lot. Yeah. And then the artist says, oh, no, I just do that because it's easier. And then they, they do the joke for three panels and nothing changes. Yeah. And it is. You can't make fun of yourself when you're not good. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. And, well, I don't, I don't know who it's a jab at is my thing. Like, is it, is it a jab at like the readers for pointing it out or something? Was it like, I think, I think just listening back to like now having listened to a lot of Kirkman interviews, I think he's just kind of tongue in cheek and he gets that people think it's kind of silly. So he wanted to make fun of it. It just doesn't come off that way, especially once a new artist has taken over a new artist who has not done this trope yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just, it's weird. And it, it, I think you pointed out when we were talking about before is like, you can't make fun of something that you do. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's just awkward. However, I will and, say and that mean spirited of a way yeah. like where, it, where it's like, oh, this is like a jab at someone, but you're doing it. <laughs> but and like, I don't think it's a jab necessarily. It just comes off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say Otley is a better artist. Once he comes on board, the the panels start getting a lot more dynamic. There's not necessarily backgrounds. Right. But there's better. There's like better textures and stuff. And I feel like the colorists have more to work with and the expressions get better. It's still not great. I still think it looks a little cheap, but it is such an improvement over Walker. It is marginally better with the transition. Usually new new artist takes over. There's usually a pretty clear difference. So I'm assuming they were trying to make it as smooth of a transition as possible. And it is fairly smooth. It is really smooth. If I if I didn't know he was coming on, I wouldn't have seen I wouldn't have uh, recognized it. And you, it's, it's marginally better in that first issue gets progressively better but it's still really flat that is my that is my complaint with everything about this book it it's a 2d medium but you can make stuff feel like it's in a 3d space everything feels like it's in a left to right plane are there ever 2d like more flat art styles that you like have you ever seen a more flat art style i feel like in not an action-oriented book wouldn't throw me off i can't think of anything off the top of my head but i feel like in such an action-oriented book like this you need a sense of 3d space you need a (laughs) z-axis because i do think there are stylized ways to do flat a flatter art style i agree i do think flat's like the easiest thing to screw up when it's not it's definitely not like what a reader is used to yeah do you have anything else to talk about the art or should we just jump into our thoughts? I mean, I hate that we go so hard on Corey Walker, but, um, do better. <laughs> I don't know. You ain't freak from criticism. True. You know, I just, I feel bad for comic artists cause they feel like, like when I critique like a director or a cinematographer, I'm like, they could never hear this. And like Corey Walker isn't going to hear this, but I always feel like, oh, they're such normal people. <laughs> it's like I'm just going up to a guy on the street who's like do it like writing tickets for Parker meters or something and go, your handwriting sucks. No, 
I hate that argument of no. Once you put something into the world, especially when you're selling it, I it agree. Is then, it is then applicable for criticism. I am. I'm just explaining my irrational thought, and I've definitely gone hard on art before, so I don't know why I'm stopping here. But I will say, hint into the future. Uh, I kept reading Invincible after this. It gets a lot better in terms of art, like amazingly better. So, is there another artist switch, or does Otley just? No, Otley. It's just Otley. Otley just gets a lot that better. That makes sense. Yeah, like maybe he was young and he's just finding his footing, or maybe he's just breaking away from uh, the style that was set for him. But yeah. So, we wouldn't normally go into positives and negatives, uh, but I had notes of every issue of my thoughts. Oh, so, geez. so we, I, I think we're gonna do a little, do a little jumping around. We usually do, but yeah, sure, go for it. Okay, so issue five is Alan the Alien's introduction. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Alan? I love Alan. I love Alan, too. And what I like about that issue as a whole is that he pops up, and Mark is told by his dad to solve it one way, to punch the thing. And instead, he's like, yo, can we talk? And Alan's like, and they work something out. And so I like that it sets up, oh, there's a difference between Omni-Man and Mark and that Omni-Man can be wrong about this. Alan figures out he's been at the wrong planet the entire time. He's supposed to be at Varth and he's been at Earth. Yeah, he's just fun. And then he pops up later. um, At the very end. He saves, well, there's like a little interlude where he saves the Star Trek Next Gen cast. He's like, I have to go to Earth. And it was a good cliffhanger. I'm like, hey, you're back in the book. Alan... That's kind of Alan's thing. He'll pop in for like an issue or two. You won't see him for 10. Then you'll get another reminder. Alan's still out there doing things. That's great. It's like whenever Saul shows up in Breaking Bad, I'm like, hey, episodes automatically better. Issue six. I don't really have anything. There is a great callback when, to when Mark gets his powers. He threw the trash bag at his job mm-hmm. and it lands in London somewhere and people just freak out. It's just one page. Did it do that? I was so confused at what was going on because I forgot that that happened in issue four. I think the I think the humor gets substantially better in this. I had a lot of moments where I was really enjoying the jokes that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Issue seven. Oh, sorry. No, I do have more. This is when they visit college and William's just getting angry about everybody mispronouncing his name or just calling him a nickname. He's getting really angry about it. I like that, but it's so out of place in this book because it's just it's like, really out of place. And it's like this hasn't happened before. But <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like such a human moment for these characters in a book that is so plot heavy. Well, <laughs> so it's a character trait they establish that hadn't been established before and then that they never come back to. Yeah, uh, it's it, <laughs> I was just I was just confused. I guess a lot of people were calling Kirkman Rob. Like that week that he wrote it. Oh, uh, it just wasn't. <laughs> it's a personal hey, Bob, beef. Hey, Bob Kirkman. <laughs> uh, I also had, we're at issue six, and I don't like how the story just still feels like filler. Yeah. It, you know, if it was all kind of episodic, like if there was more teenage stuff in here and it got more focus, I'd be fine with it. But it's just like enough of the teenage stuff comes in that you're like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be a teenage superhero book. And then you forget about it. Yeah. Issue seven is the Omni-Man twist. Yeah. How do you feel that that twist is done? You knew about it before. Yeah. And so did I. And I had seen it. I had seen it done in the TV show too. Yeah, I think it works. I mean, the traditional read of it is they're spending so much time building up these heroes and trying to, um, you know, establish the archetypes, but also break them away from the justice league to make them, uh, feel different. And then of course you yank that all away. I don't know. Uh, I think the twist, I, I very rarely think that things 
the spoilers ruined things for me. And I wouldn't say it ruined this year, but I didn't really have a reaction. Like once I, once you were introduced to like, is it Nightwing? Night, Darkwing. Darkwing. Um, Darkwing Duck. I was like, oh, it's this issue. And then I was just, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I just didn't get invested in any of the characters because I knew what was happening. I mean, and they don't give you time to get invested with the characters either. You're introduced to them, they immediately die. There are some that I think, like War Woman has enough characterization. Um, and then I like their Aquaman stand-in. I just like oh, his Fish design. <laughs> he's great. And he's just like sitting back bored. Up. Yeah. <laughs> he's bored on like the Atlantean throne. Yeah. Uh, I like how it is revealed you you don't know what's going on until that very last panel where you see omni-man standing above the corpses and this is also like the bloodiest the book has gotten to this point. yes it is a very drastic turn yeah and i feel like we, i've watched the tv show since uh i've since also seen that scene you've seen that yeah. scene i think it's played much better in the book just because just because of the reveal they they kind of stretch it out in the show to be a long action scene and you mm -hmm. see you you knew you know it's omni-man from the very start they show him like starting it and it's also in the first episode so and th they move stuff around the tv show orders of events but you know nolan is the bad guy from the very start so any father and son bonding that goes on i just feels immediately negated um yeah i get why they did that though just because they really do have to hook in an audience mm -hmm. um and like, you know, like we talked about, the first four issues weren't really doing it for us. So if they had done like two or three episodes before that, maybe it wouldn't have, maybe just people wouldn't have gotten to that thing. Um, I do, I do think that I probably prefer how they do it here, but I get also, I think you couldn't get away with doing that in a show. You would have to show more, maybe not draw it out as much. But yeah. That, I also have a problem with the show being way more ultra violent than the comic, but different times that's thoughts for another day yeah issue eight is another kind of filler up issue uh it's versus the elephant who i love as a spoof on a spider-man villain just imagine if oh this is the funeral issue yeah yeah and also there's an elephant man <laughs> yeah you get some cool when now that all the major archetypes are dead except for the rhino aka the elephant um you get to see like newer types of superheroes which i like and super villains which is cool um I think that works. I like I like some of the I like the Mahler twins showing up to the funeral to play to pay their condolences. Is this also the time that Adam Eve start breaks up with Rexplosion and explode? Yeah, and they start in. I'm, yeah, is this like all the relationship stuff? Yes. Okay, I don't like any of that. Um, this is a uh, problem with the book that I just think it has where Kirkman tries to do too much in a single issue. And so either it falls flat or you don't realize it's happening. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'd go beyond that to say, if you're going to give your main character a relationship and a love triangle, because that's what's happening here, it doesn't work. I can't even name the name of his girlfriend Amber. he has because half the time they're just talking about her. I think she ha she's in like three panels. She, she never says anything. I'll, I'll, I'll defend her just that they give her more time. It's, it's never, it's not a, like, I think they have more important things to do and they're still trying to sell like the, the teen part of it a little harder. I would, I would appreciate that more, but you just, I think, I think if you're going to have that relationship, you need to have it 
right away and you need to establish it. Maybe not spend a ton of time with it, but at least give her dialogue, at least like explain why she likes Mark. And then at the end, when Mark goes missing, maybe also show her perspective. Like her boyfriend disappeared for two weeks or maybe not even boyfriend, but just person she's been kissing has been gone for two weeks. What does she feel? We know what William feels. We know what uh, Eve feels, but we have no idea about her. You're right. I think Eve, Eve, uh, Amber has like no characterization in this yeah. part. Everything you're saying does happen like right after this. Okay. As soon as we stop, you, you start, you start seeing Amber's perspective, her worries, and she becomes a full fledged character. Okay. I think there just wasn't the space for her right now. And yeah, Kirkman probably shouldn't have wrote her in at that point then, but I don't, I want to say you have to change the status quo. I think you just had, they had to establish the status quo, quo first. It just took forever. Mm-hmm. 13, 13 issues. It took a year for all, for this to like get moving. Well, maybe we don't know if there are delays or not. Yeah, it was, I don't know how this book survived a year. Yeah. But, um, issue nine, I said there, it's a good joke about washing the uniforms. I can't recall it off the top of my head. Uh, the mom calls um, the tailor and asks her or asks him about it. And they just have a little bit of banter about cleaning the uniforms. I like Monster Girl a lot. A Monster Girl is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, we're getting into more like different types of characters. So uh, issue 10, I say F that comic joke. <laughs> that were my thoughts on the issue. <laughs> Also, it's just such a weird tonal shift from like the seriousness of the Guardians being dead and stuff. And, you know, like knowing Omni-Man did it. Knowing Omni-Man is the looming, uh, ever looming threat. Uh, Issue 11 is the is the reveal of Omni-Man, the backstory. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had the joke of once we Thanos our planet where they cold 50 percent of it. I did think about that. Yeah. And uh I love everyone having a mustache. Every Viltrumite. It's great. They all look. You, you, you think it's, it's just Omni-Man. superior. He, yeah. And then, and then you mustaches are the highest form of power in this universe. I wish I wish they had gone the extra mile and given all the women. I was about mustaches. to say that. What if all the women just had the strong mustache? That'd been great. Uh, Viltrumite's interesting just because of how they spoon feed us the information about it. And you're constantly learning new things. Yeah. I think Kirkman does a great job of giving you just enough of Viltrumite to get you interested in that moment. And then as you learn more, it feels natural. Yeah. Well, then in the next issue 12, it's all exposition, but I'm really interested in the exposition. Uh, in between all of this, the Mahler twins resurrected immortal who was the leader of the guardians of the globe. It's Vandal Savage, but he's a super, I called him Sabretooth. I thought it was really weird to bring him back just to kill him again in an issue. Just to be clear, it's the Leave Schreiber Sabretooth, not the actual comic. Yes, yeah, Leave Schreiber Sabretooth. Yeah, they do not look alike. <laughs> Leave Schreiber Sabretooth. I thought it was really weird to bring him back and have him do nothing. Yeah, he's he's a plot device. It's it's what it is. It's not the best. It's not the smartest uh, plot, you know, contrivance. But if you knew more about terrible. these characters, or if I knew more about these characters, maybe I would care a little more. But they give me two issues with this guy. Oh, there is one good visual joke. I think it's in the last issue where one of the characters goes into space. I think it's when he talks to Alan again. And you see this, the villain that um, Immortal defeated in his intro, Biplane, who's just the vulture. You just see his body kind of floating out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That (laughs) That is a good joke. His name is Immortal, though. Yeah. Because he is Immortal. Yes. So the Vandal Savage comparison is accurate. Yeah, he is 
he feels exactly like Vandal Savage. I don't think that's who Robert Kirkman was basing him off of because that would have been kind of a weird deep cut to put with the Justice League, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Um and this is the fight issue. How do you how do you feel about the fight? Oh, fight's great. Yeah. It's the bet. Like none of the action in this has really been that great. It's also not been focused on like this. This is the first time we get a real long drawn out action scene. And I think it completely pays off. You get to see the full force of their destructive capability. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the difference between in the TV show. Do you see all the destruction that's getting caused? Like as, is it as gritty? You see the destruction. You don't have any bearing on like people though, in that effect. So later they'll talk about like 4,000 people died, but it kind of feels like they're, crashing into like model cities instead of actual cities that is a downside of the art yeah i <laughs> going back to the tv show i feel like this is just like a mini review of my problems with the tv show at the same time i'm so i have nothing to add to this yeah well i i just want to tell you because i i do have a problem with how gory the tv show gets because of so fights fights much more drawn out it's a tv show you kind of have to give it more uh omni-man crashes invincible like through a subway okay yeah, we watched he, Suicide Squad. Subway happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everything you're about to describe happens. Just okay. I, I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah. Subway happens, and Mark's body is covered in the remains of other people after it. Yeah, it's just maybe a little too gratuitous for this. The way Mark is portrayed <laughs> in both the comic and the show, I think he would have been way too traumatized to ever jump back into it again after that. Maybe I think you could do something interesting enough with his anger at his father. But once again, I don't want to talk about the TV show because I have not. I know. I just I feel like I I I have to almost just to distinguish my differences between the book at some point. Go off, King. I'll just be here. Just with later stuff that happens in the comic and how Mark deals with uh, death around him up to a certain point. uh, The violence in the TV show that I think a lot of people like about it loses a touch of the character that I think makes this book good and real a sense of realism that these characters do care. Cause I think they're written very realistically. Yes, they are. Um, issue 13 is our wrap up issue. We get more Alan, the alien and just the status quo being made introduction it's, of Cecil. Yeah. He's becoming like an agent for hire. Basically William and um, Eve are trying to figure out what happened to him. Get a little bit more of an insight into the new Guardians of the Globe, which they kind of suck. That's not me saying it's, they it's, suck it's, from it's, like a character perspective. Like in world, they suck. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's basically the teen team is now the Guardian of the Globe. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Justice League died. Young Justice is taking their place. It's about the equivalent of what happens. Yeah. And that is Invincible. Volumes two and three. So much better than the first four. And so much better natural progression. Like I, I'm really curious to go from like, if I went reread this from issue one onward, would I have such a problem with those first couple issues? It takes so long for stuff to happen in this book. I, I did re reading it. I had to read three more issues for something to get me. Oh, something's happening that I yeah. like, but still that being said, once you get to it, like Kirkman comes into his own writing, these are constantly, uh, very quick reads for me. Like we've talked about, the art slowly gets better. I feel like I know Mark more as a character. It is everything we talked about in that last one where it's like we were treating it unfairly because of its um, reputation. Legacy. Yeah, like 
the reputation is being formed, made. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's still not perfect. It's still not like the best indie superhero book ever, but I can see the seeds being planted. And yeah, this is this is good Kirkman book on par with Walking Dead or Oblivion. So I I feel like we have been very valid in our criticism and just and having read another image comic, Radiant Black, over on the Committed Critics podcast, uh, they should have just established it quicker like that. I feel like that did a lot better job of pulling me in. Even then, that still took like six issues to get to the or five issues. It was four. To get to the <laughs> it was four. Yeah, it was it was what the first trade of Invincible. It's as many issues as that first trade of Invincible. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it, it's. I hate to critique one collection of this story but i'll go ahead and say if i if we had just did volume two of this i still would have had the same complaints because eight it would have only been eight issues in and all we would have gotten was that uh nolan killed the guardians of the globe nothing else nothing else that is actually invincible stuff invincible is doing is interesting (laughs) yeah yeah so i think i think where i land on this is that this is good Beyond the Omni-Man stuff, in fact, I'd say once Omni-Man leaves, it starts to really get good. Um, however, that spoiler being out in the world, while it may ruin that particular issue for you, um, it it probably will do more for Invincible because people will want to read to that. Yeah. So they'll want to read to the point where the book gets interesting. And I think it happens at a good point in the story, too. I just wish there had been more interesting things leading up to it. Yeah. yeah. More More reasons to care. So I feel like this was a good redemption episode for Invincible. I don't I don't think I want to do more of it on the podcast. I've I'm on issue 60 now. I've kept reading it. I love it. By the time I get to the end, I might bring like the last arc just to kind of wrap things up. But that will be a while. Because... Yeah, but it it is at a point where you would want to continue. Yeah, well, and I, I want to continue from those last four. But, yeah. you know, that was going more off of. Kirkman than that was more else. why <laughs> yeah <And> not yes <laughs> yeah but yeah I I've been you know I've enjoyed it so far and it's getting better and if it gets better here and you say it continually gets better why not keep reading good glad to hear it yeah plus you have the omnibuses so yep it's not like I have to spend money on good them. deal what do you have for me all right let me go need to close my eyes yes I have my eyes closed and my arms out an object i'm gonna hand you an object that is not the comic book that's not the comic book okay do not open your eyes okay feel it and guess uh, what it I is this. once you have guessed what it is i think you'll know what the comic book is it's a bow and arrow it's hawkeye yep um or it's an arrow not a bow and arrow <laughs> what if i brought the whole bow <laughs> yeah matt fractions uh matt fractions and david ages um this is the first 11 issues, I think. And then and five other people. <laughs> well, yeah, because there are some art shifts, but also there is an issue of Young Avengers that explains Kate Bishop, okay. um, which we will also be reading, which has art by Alan Davis, um, the guy who did Excalibur. So uh, we will talk about that. I'm very excited. I love this book. It's kind of a cliched book. Like a lot of people point to this as one of the best modern comics but uh so i won't be saying anything original when we get to it but maybe i'll be affirming some of y'all's opinions maybe i will um another returning writer uh i didn't have a good not i didn't have a 
so good time with him last time. So maybe we'll. I don't think. I think if Tom Taylor wrote <laughs> Fantastic Four, you wouldn't like them. Yeah, I probably was giving a hard, a hard time unjustly. But yeah. if you've liked what you've heard, please. Give us a good review on the listening platform of your choice, preferably the one you're listening to it on, so that more people can hear us and join us in this fun world of comics. If you have thoughts on Invincible, the show, or the comic, send me some emails at allnew52podcast at gmail.com. I'll talk with you about it since I'm reading it currently. Uh, hopefully you're not too far in and spoil me because I have enjoyed being... It's been It's been nice to be very blind on a comic and not know anything. Stop. I'm stalking. <laughs> no, no, I, I committed to this bit. I didn't know you would take so long. I'm I'm staying committed. <laughs> yeah, email us your suggestions at the email, and we will see you next week with Hawkeye. Don't you, like, destroy your lens. <laughs> 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 <laughs>